Buzzer Podcast, all music. Worldwide music started in local music scenes. Underground independent unsigned talent. Music you choose to hear, not the music mainstream tells you to hear. Hosted by Shay. The Buzzer Podcast is a Canadian broadcast connected to artists around the globe. Hey y'all, I am Shay, and this is the Buzzer Podcast on Air Indie. From iPad to yours over the airways. Thank you for tuning in. Tonight we have Kingfisher. Incredible. We have three members of the band, Joe, Brent, Dave. Uh, Casey couldn't join us, but he's a great part of the band as well. They're the new kid on the block and part of the Ottawa rock scene. Enjoy the show. Cheers. Hey, it's Shay here today, and we have Kingfisher on the show. Um, full band, really excited, and we're talking about their EP that just came out. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Hey, Shay. How's it going? I'm doing well. I woke up. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the band's been around since uh, last year. You formed uh, quite early ago. Well, yeah, uh, informally, I suppose, but I think that we probably only had our first rehearsal in, in November, right, guys? I think it was about then? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're really new. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, but independently, we, we've uh, all played in one way, shape, or form with, the, with each other for uh, many, many years prior to, with the exception, I think, of this is the first time Dave and I have, have been in a, in a group together, but all of the rest of us have been in various forms for... Oh, that's cool. yeah. So how did you guys all meet? Oh, uh, I, I met, jeez, uh, that's that goes back a pretty long time, isn't it? I can, I can take this one, Brent. I remember when yeah. I met you, man. So yeah, Brent, worked, Brent worked at a music store uh, with a buddy of mine who I was in another band with. And uh, we met through each other and then just sort of started going to each other's shows and... Well, it's funny wow. because we knew, knew each other for years and years and never really played together or put anything together. And then uh, maybe about 10 years ago, we put a, a little band together called The Old Boys. And it was awesome. It was rocking. And it didn't last very long. It was just uh, it was just a fun thing that we put together and started playing some punk songs. And uh, I just like I still remember to this day the connection that we had and how it just felt right. So then we kind of just moved and went our separate ways. And then um, here we are, you know. 10, yeah. 10, 11, 12 years later, we ended up hooking up again and kind of t- taking off from where we left off, you know? So yeah. that's how I remember you, Brent. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Remember when you know me, so. <laughs> I think I think we probably knew each other in sort of the, I'm going to call it very vibrant punk rock scene that this city, and we're from Ottawa, I should probably point that out, that mm-hmm. we had to do yeah. this in the early to mid 90s. There was a there was a, a, a pretty good grassroots community around. So I, I remember seeing bands Joe played in when we were teenagers. And um, yeah, but I don't think we really formally met until, and it seems like um, not that long ago to talk about the early 2000s. It was 20 years ago. So we've known each other that long. And Dave, Dave, I met you. Geez, you were you were in college for uh, radio broadcasting with a buddy that, of mine who I was in a band right. with, right? Yeah, that's we right. Shows together, yeah, man. 
Yeah, it was good times. And not only that, Casey, the bassist in our current group, uh, yeah. he and I played in a group almost 20 years ago uh, as well with him on bass and me on drums. And I moved out of the city, moved to Toronto for almost 20 years, just moved back in 2020 and uh, have reconnected with him and my first Ottawa band since being back in the city. So it's great to reconnect with uh, with old friends and start making good music again. Yeah, that's cool. I love the way that music brings people together. For sure. Yeah. yeah definitely, and definitely. Actually, very familiar story. Um, so you guys can, uh, I'd like to know about your band influences, because I see a lot of different influences in your music. Um, I know your bio says face-to-face, -face, uh, uh, body jar, early Goo Goo's and dolls. I see a lot more influences than that. Uh, can you each do a really brief summary of your background in music? and how your influences contribute to the band's sound. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll dive in on that one. So um, I I still recall, uh, and I picked up the, my guitar for the first time in, in sort of the late 1980s, and uh -huh. uh, I, grew, I grew up on a pretty steady diet in my house of uh, Bruce Springsteen and uh, Neil Young, uh, this type of stuff that my parents had. But I think when probably about 1991 or 1992, I got turned on to sort of the uh, college rock melodic hardcore thing that was happening in the U.S. through the late 80s. So Paul Westerberg and the replacements, um, that type of stuff. And that was really what sort of lit the fire for me to learn how to play. And, yeah. Yeah, and I played in a lot of different styles of bands over the years. I played in some metal bands. I played in some country bands. but uh, stuff like what we're doing right now has always kind of felt the most familiar to me. So now that we're older and um, a little more established, it seemed like a natural thing for me to do to come back to doing this again. And that's really what's led to this project um, taking off for me, at least. So Brent, what was the first instrument you picked up? I started, actually started on, on piano when I was, uh, when I was just a little, a little tyke. And uh, so it was about seven years old when I started on piano and I picked that guitar up for the first time when I was about 10 and uh -huh. uh, dabbled horribly at it probably for about five or six years. It uh, wasn't very good, but uh, but again, I think it was just at that time. And I grew up in, in uh, Halifax, and a lot wow. of my friends in Halifax were playing. Um, there was a great all-ages club that had opened up in downtown Halifax called Cafe Olay. It was opened by uh, a, a fellow who was looking for a, a place where his kids could actually just go and be safe when instead of um, loitering around on the, on the streets downtown. And uh, they started putting on all ages shows there and it became just like the place to hang out. Um, if, or if you weren't old enough to go to, to the, you know, double deuce or the misty moon. And, um, they all started playing shows there and, and it was just kind of like watching my friends do this stuff at sort of a grassroots level. Wow. And that's what made me say like, geez, I can do this. So I, I wanted to, and, uh, it's, it's, that was like 30 ish years ago and or, yeah, 30 ish years ago. And I, and it's never stopped for me. Never stopped. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. Who wants to go next? Dave or Joe? I can do it. Um, one of my earliest memories, I remember visiting my dad's house and uh, he had a video of uh, Thin Lizzy playing and they were playing live. And oh, wow. I, I still remember it vividly to this day, just being like mesmerized by Phil Lynott, the singer and bass player. And they were playing live and it was captured on TV. And I mean, it's something you don't see often these days because a lot of the music's really processed or overproduced and they were just killing it. And uh, that memory kind of imprinted in me. 
And I had this drive probably from that moment on to just create music and bury my soul on a stage. And I remember seeing another video too when I was young. It was the police in the early punk days and they were playing live. I think they were playing, uh, what's that song? I can't remember. <laughs> so lonely, so lonely. That's what it was. And they're okay. just rocking and Sting was sweating like an animal. And uh, Stuart Copeland just giving her on the drums. And I was like, oh my Lord, this is it. This is living. This is what you want to do, right? So that kind of got me going. My dad was a guitar player. So there's always a guitar around at, at home. And I just picked it up and it was just in my soul from then on. And then so, I fell in love with, with the Beatles, uh, with, like a lot of musicians do, and just sort of the the depth of their work. And yeah. It's funny because as I've, you know, morphed in my musical career trying different things you know I, I try to analyze myself a little bit it's better I, I find it be it's better as an artist to not be so self-aware and just like create and do it but for me you know I kind of look at myself and evaluate and I, I'm, I'm pretty cheesy you know I like I like poppy stuff and I do like that kind of produced sound and you know things you might hear on the radio and stuff which to me it's, it's a really good contrast with Brent because Brent is a straight up rock and roller and I love rock and roll. You know, I love doing that and just going, but Brent can really do it. Right. So I, I personally think this is like a match made in heaven. And that's why we really get, we get along great, but I think musically we get along well too. And the feedback I've gotten on this EP is uh, people can hear our sounds. They can hear our styles because Brent and I are kind of the primary songwriters. Very and, cool. uh, they can, yeah. They can hear the difference in what we bring. And I, I think Dave, you said it once, would you say like uh, similar, but, but not, you know, Exactly. Yeah. Your, your vocals mesh well, but uh, are completely unique. And the songwriting styles, like you said, coming from more uh, from your various backgrounds really, uh, really mixes well in the end. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And I hear that from other people, too. So that's a big thing. You know, Brent, Brent said it best. He said in Ottawa, we had a, we did have a really good scene back in the uh, in the early 90s uh, into the 2000s. And, you know, it was really punk heavy. That was the big music back then. But similar to Brent, you know, he played in Halifax in these little underground clubs. I remember playing my first shows at a place called The Pit, which is really similar. And they put on a lot of all ages shows here in Ottawa. Yeah. So I was just a young teenager, you know, and I get a chance to get up on a stage and I used to, I get to practice, you know, and I got my reps in at a really, really young age. And uh, yeah, from there, it just sort of, I got into the punk world and I love skate punk. Um, you know, there's some awesome Canadian bands. There's Propagandi, you know, huge influence for me kind of a thrash thrash punk band but they have melodic influences i don't know if you know billy talent they're awesome i'm a big fan of them as well you know they're they're more commercial <laughs> band, are you right? asking me if i know billy talent so you know them okay yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you we realize i cover independent music, <laughs> and I yeah, cover yeah. music. okay okay exactly. just just checking yeah, yeah i do hon yeah i do <laughs> so yeah so you know that that's it that that's that's where i got into and i just I play all kinds of different music. I play folk. I played in country bands. I played in the whole thing. But really, my true love and just brings me back to the the beginning is that punk and hard rock and sort of metal influence stuff. So that's, that's me. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's cool. You guys, I do agree that um, the pairing of your two vocals are insane. Very thank good. You. Very yes, good. Thank you much. And um, Dave, I think we kind of left you out, huh? Oh no worries, no worries. Yeah, for me growing up. <laughs> I grew up in Ottawa and me and my buddy, when we were early, early, I think barely 13, my parents bought me a used drum kit from Steve's and, and we learned how to play in my basement. And my, my original love uh, of, of punk rock for me was uh, bad religion. Somebody gave me, I think generator was the album on compact disc uh, oh, back oh. in the day. And, uh, and then from there, I just started to go to festivals and shows at a young age. So 
that would have been, you know, your Vans Warped Tour kind of lineups and, and stuff like that. Anything I could go and see live, I was into. And that what drove me into uh, uh, a whole bunch of punk bands throughout my life. I had a, a, a bit of a dip where I didn't play music for several years. And then uh, when I was in Toronto, I was in uh, three separate punk bands, uh, all independent, mm -hmm. all DIY and, and just, you know, gigging around the province and uh, maybe into Quebec a little bit and having lots of fun. And, and hooking up with these guys now has been uh, has been a dream come true, sort of prolonging that uh, youthful punk energy that that I enjoy playing and uh, and having musicians of a similar mindset and uh, and ability. So uh, this has really turned out to be a fantastic band for me and uh, having a lot of fun so far. That's awesome. We, you came out with a, a lot of great music. We're listening to do um, that. I spoke about at the um, pre-chat with you. And we're going to listen to the first song right now, Another Way to Break Through, and then we'll talk a bit more about the EP when we get back. All right. I love that song, but you know what? I first when I first saw it, I'm going, um, and I hadn't read 
uh, your bio for a bit. Um, it's to me more classic rock than punk. Yeah. Interesting. I, I had to go back and go, oh, oh, they are. Okay. <laughs> uh, am I wrong to feel that way? Not, not in my opinion. Um, we, we actually, I mean, I, I think that the definition of punk has sort of gotten a, a, a very, very warped over the years, right? Like, I think when we were, to, when we talk about punk, um, we're not necessarily referring to that like three year window where like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and the Clash were, were just at the height of everything. Um, yeah. I actually kind of think of ourselves more as like a, like a power pop kind of band where, the the punk's in there but um and, and and this is not meant to to throw any shade at any punk musicians but the one thing that you're getting with us is um for pretty pre- we're, we're war dogs you know what i mean we've, we've been around 20 30 years each um and when you play for that long you're going to go back to your roots but you're also you're you're more mature as a writer and you're more mature as a player so Fair you don't enough. just get to the same three chords and hammer them out so I, I think it it grows a little bit from there so i i always think of ourselves as more of like a power pop band with with maybe a little bit of the the punk spice in there you know well it's an incredible song and at some point in march or a, a surprise fan drop you're going to have a video out for this song can you tell me a bit about it yeah, I'm going to let Joe, actually, because Joe wrote this one, so I think he's probably the guy who should speak for this one. Well done, Joe. It's a good yeah, song. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Th- yeah, so the video the video is going to be pretty cool. So I always thought good videos, they have, like, a strong visual element to them, something mm-hmm. that's a little bit unique, and it kind of keeps your attention. So I, I was kind of Googling, you know, how do you make a cheap music video? Because we're totally DIY, right? So we're trying to do everything for free. You know, we record ourselves. Of we course. do everything like that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, how am I going to make this look good? So I found this little trick where um, if you play the song back half speed, and then you, so you're filming yourself, but you're singing the song half speed. When you eventually bring it back to the regular speed, your mouth is singing the words at the right time, but everything around you is going at super fast speed. And it's just a really cool, uh, aggressive, kind of interesting uh, visual. So that's kind of what the theme of the video. Yeah. And I kind of thought like, you know, the song, the song is about being stuck and having something to say and having to fight to get it out. Right. You need another way to break through. And I said, okay, that's kind of like being stuck in a dream. So if you're stuck in a dream, you know, you're you're waiting to wake up or you're trying to get out of this dream. I'm not going to call it a nightmare. It wasn't a nightmare. You know, it was just a little bit of a dream. So that's kind of the theme of the video. I think it turned out really well, especially because we did it with our cell phones at our houses and it cost uh, all of zero dollars, right? I look forward to hearing it. I look forward to seeing it. Awesome. um, Incredible lyrics. I love that. What brought on the lyrics? A personal situation? Yeah, a little bit. So, you know, it's funny because we were talking about this punk, punk ethos, you know, and Brent mentioned it. And you know why do we say we we have the punk influences? My my everybody has their own sort of opinion of what that is. And for me, it's like mm-hmm. kind of I'm not gonna say fighting it, but you have something to say, and you might not have the skill or the talent to say it, but you got a guitar in your hands. You know, especially when you're a teenager. You know, maybe there's that little teenage angst, or something's got to get out, and you're fighting with it, and you're finding trying to find the way to get it out. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of these punk bands are so good. 
especially when they're young, because they're just, you're just seeing the raw emotion that's coming out. Right. Oh, 100%. I agree with you. That's one reason I love punk. Yeah. And it's not filtered. It's like, it's like they're doing it as hard as they can. Right. So this song, you know, I was born, I was born in a difficult childbirth and ended up being a cesarean. So I was thinking about that one day and I was thinking, okay, you know, I wasn't, I don't remember it, but apparently it was me, you know, having a hard time coming out and I had to find another way. And then I thought, wow, well, that's kind of a metaphor for my life. It's I've always felt that way, that I've always had something inside me that I wanted to say, and I never knew how to say it. Whatever I was fighting, I was fighting the talent. I was fighting myself, you know, I was fighting my my own pride. I maybe didn't have the humility to say things or do things the way I wanted to do. And I just <laughs> thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to write a song about that. I need another way to break through. And it's this constant push-pull of trying to get it out, get the message out. You know, and it's been driving my songwriting, you know, since I can remember writing songs when I was 10, 11 years old when I started. It's always driving my songwriting. I need another way to break through, another way to do it. So That's I was amazing. Playing, yeah. I was playing in folk bands and country bands, like I mentioned, and then we got this yeah. thing together and went back to the punk roots. And I was like, yeah, here it is. This is the other way to break through. So, <laughs> no, I, I get that. I'm a songwriter as well. And uh, I also, I, I, what I thought it would be the genre. <laughs> When yeah. I first started, definitely is not what it is today. Yeah. yeah so, I, yeah, I get that. It's really cool hearing the way that you came up with that. Really awesome. cool. So were you part of the minor league, right? Was it a co-write between two of the members? No, we, we um, Brent and I, or I'm going to use the word prolific. We write a lot of music. Yeah. And one okay. of the reasons for this project was to get everybody together and bring all of our songs together and then allow somebody else to put their spin on it. So wow. these songs are all, yeah, they're all kind of written, you know, there's the Joe songs, there's the Brent songs, and then we give them away a little bit. We bring them to the band and say, okay, here you go. This That's is like what the I've Beatles. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so Brent's, Brent's responsible for minor league and it's in my opinion, the hit on the album. I love that song. And I love Brent's lyrics. And, I love uh, the song too. Yeah. Yeah. Brent writes differently than I do. We have, we have yeah. totally different styles. And like I said, he's a rock and roller. So Brent, I'll let you talk yeah. about minor league. Cause that's your baby, man. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about it. So the, um, the, the, this song kind of came together in two parts, right? Like the music for minor league was actually written well over 10 years ago. It was, I, it was actually a song that we wrote. Joe referenced this band earlier that we played in this um, this band called Old Boys with, in case he was actually the drummer in that band, and he's the bass player in, in Kingfisher. Um, I, we had written minor league, but we never actually put lyrics to it. And <clears throat> when this project started up, I was revisiting some of the old ideas I had. Yeah. And this one came back up and I started thinking about it and it's like, okay, well, you know, it's time to get some lyrics on this thing and, and turn it into a proper song. You know, um, when I started writing the lyrics for it, I was thinking about, and, and I, I think that Joe and I don't write necessarily about the same things all the time. Um, and I think it's just a function of your experiences, right? You, you write what you've lived through. Um, for me, one of the things that has always been, um, it, one of the things that's always been uh, at the forefront of my mind as a musician has been how many musicians there are out there who are tremendously good and, and great even, but never get the opportunity to, to play to that wider audience. And 
Uh-huh. I, I the band I I I do have another band which uh, which I play in at the moment um, and have played in for ten years as as just a guitar player, um, and we flirted with success in, in the on the on the I'm going to call it the fringe of the mainstream, and what I noticed through the experiences I had with that was how much how how much it is about being just in the right place at the right time. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. You can hustle and work and hustle and work and hustle and work. But if you never get the opportunity to, to be exposed to that wider audience, you're always going to be a part of this bigger group, which I refer to in the song as the minor league. So really what this song was, was, um, in one way, it was a bit of a tribute to those bands, like the ones that we've all played in for years and years and years. Yeah. Where, like I say in the song, you know, do you spend these days on the road sleeping in a van? You go to to play a show and the promoter's done a crap job promoting it and there's like five people there, but you're going to go out there and you're like, hey, I'm here with my friends. Let's have a fun time. So in one sense, it's a tribute to all of the the grinders who go out there and and do this for the love of it because they're not doing it for the money. Yeah. And, and, and maybe a bit of a backhanded... Um, jab at and, and not to not to throw too much shade at the mainstream radio but i do find it a little frustrating that they only seem to play the same 15 bands on on repeat ad nauseum and it doesn't matter what they put out it's it's always going to get bumped right to the front of the list where you can struggle and suffer and write something that's truly great but they'll never give you the opportunity to bring that to a larger audience. And I think it, that it's not frustration so much. It is accepting our fates and being happy with, with that. That's who we are. You know, uh-huh. uh, as Joe mentioned, this is a complete DIY project. We're not leaning on the support of, of people like to help us, but it's great when people like you are in communication with us because you say you've told us that you like it and we were here talking about it, which is great. Yeah. And that's the kind of support that we like to have. So really this song is, is about that grassroots um, movement, you know? Well, every, every number one rock band that I could name and you could name for the next hour um, started grassroots. Yep. Right. True. It started grassroots. The Beatles, were not played on mainstream radio yep. until a young girl, I think she was eight years old, asked uh, one of her father, family member, whatever. I forget the exact story, but it's a true story because I verified it when someone told me and said, I want to hear the Beatles. Right. And yep. they, he went and sent that he phoned his friend, in the UK or whatever, sent the CD to uh, this man of this child, uh, adult, and the guy sent it to the radio. The radio decided what the hell, and yep. look what happened. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, you it's, know, so yeah. I firmly believe in that. I firmly believe, it, but I I know the the frustration um, artists face with that and all the fluff and. Uh, you know, I'm going to put you on this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make you artists of the month. Get your fans to sign up and support. And it, it, there's so much fluff. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But uh, it sounds like you got your heads on straight. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, and, and, you know, just the one postscript I would add to that is I'll always remember this this story. Um, and speaking about, about our influences, speaking about face-to-face. 
um, this was a band who was playing in sort of that, that really, really influential Southern California scene in the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. The reason that they broke into the mainstream is because a DJ at K-Rock in Los Angeles picked up this song that they have called Disconnected. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He put it into rotation and, and everyone who heard it just fell in love with it and it blasted them into, into the stratosphere. So it just goes to show you that just because they're not a band you've heard of before doesn't mean they're not worth listening to. And, and that was really the, the whole point. Yeah, it's a great song. We're going to play it right now, Minor League. Well, it's a hard life. We try, but we can't catch a break. Feels like there's skin, but there's nothing to take. And the best we can do is to keep on doing the same. Old things, endless days on the road. Long nights and empty bars where the shows keep us low. At least we're getting Love the song. I love both of them, but honestly, Minor League is one of my favorites on the EP. Um, it's the way I found you guys, isn't it? Anyways, uh, what I'd like to know is uh, what are the fans looking for for the rest of the year? Are you having a local or a uh, provincial uh, uh, touring gig? Are you, you got to have plans. <laughs> I think that 
Um, a lot of this is, un unfortunately, I hate to raise the specter of this odious thing, but a lot of this is going to be guided by what the provincial COVID guidelines throw at us. Um, certainly, we have a, I, and I, I think I can speak on behalf of everyone, we have a very, very, very um, eager desire to get out and start playing shows, both locally and out of town. Um, yeah. And if the provincial guidelines allow for it, I suspect that's exactly what will be in in the cards for us this year. Right, very cool. Very cool. So you're going to focus on promoting uh, the songs of the CP and the videos that are coming out um, uh, to accompany the songs. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. We have a pretty good plan um, because, you know, we're fortunate that we have two songwriters and we're fairly prolific. We're going to keep pumping out new music. By this time next year, we might have uh, 20 or 30 EPs out there. So I think we're just going to keep working <laughs> every few weeks and you get a song and a video every three weeks and we'll try to keep people interested. So, uh, yeah, you know what? I think it, it's it's great. And uh, it's, it's a way to keep momentum for your business. Keep your, Like, I'm a lover of the album, okay? Like, it was my birthday yesterday and I got three vinyls. Four vinyls, four vinyls. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a vinyl collector. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but the thing is, I so I and I really love the vinyl, reading the sleeves and all that stuff. But it, I get that uh, in order for an artist to maintain and create momentum, engagement and stuff like that. Gone are the days of uh, putting out one album every two years or whatever. You, like you really need to, uh, you know. Uh, produce but the caveat for that is and, and i think you guys have already addressed that because what you're bringing it uh putting out is great the caveat is that you don't put out shit like you, you got to put out good stuff so um if you're if if a band or an artist is creating good music there's no valid reason to hold back and say no i gotta wait until you know whatever back of the judge yeah so I, I applaud you. I applaud you. It's a lot of work, a lot of commitment. It's very cool. But, you know, the interesting thing is that, uh, and I'll, I'll let the other guys talk eventually, I promise, but the interesting thing is I don't think it feels like work to any of us. I mean, um, when when Joe and Dave came on board with the project, we were we were super stoked because we finally had a complete group, but this is something that that Casey and I actually really started kicking the ball around on about four years ago. So we, we've, and Joe is, is not wrong. We have, we've got 30, 35 demos. -ish yeah. This. And our intention is to ultimately release them all, but uh, we want to release them in small chunks more frequently versus, you know, doing like 10 at a time every couple of years, like I said, because it just doesn't seem to capture people the same way that it did even 10 years ago. Yeah. All right. So is your goal as a band to get signed to a label or you want to stay independent? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what you guys think. I don't, ever, I don't ever want to take ourselves too seriously. And we were, Dave yeah. and I were talking about that the other day. You yeah. know? So like a label would be awesome if we had something that worked for us and made sense. But DIY is working right now. hundred uh, percent. We're all having a blast. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't know, Dave, what do you think, man? Like, well, don't get me wrong. My soul can be bought for a certain price. You, you give me enough money <laughs> from a label and, and I'm all in. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start writing songs I hate just to, just to make the bucks. But sure, Dave. Meantime, I don't believe a word you said. <laughs> in the meantime, Joe's totally right, though. I mean, it, it, you can't go wrong with as long as we're still able to get out there and play shows, we're able to build some sort of a fan base and, and people are enjoying what we're putting out. Uh, I mean, that's really uh, that's really what it's all about. We're having fun. That's awesome. And, 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 and just one more thing I'd add on to that. The, the one, the downside, the, the label can be a, a, a bit of a double-edged sword sometimes. They can certainly help you with promotion. They can certainly help you with exposure. Uh, be, being in touch with booking agents can help get you on, on better shows where you can expand your audience. And I think, and I, I think it may be a speak on everybody, the expansion of the audience is really I think that would be the most appealing thing to us versus, you know, uh, having a big pile of money. It would be more like having more people to play to because that's why we're doing it. A hundred percent. The downside to the label thing is oftentimes, and we have a lot of friends who signed to labels of all for any, anywhere from independent labels, right up to major label deals. They usually end up coming to that owing a lot of money. And it's, it's, uh, it's the kind of the appeal to the DIY thing is that you're kind of your own boss. And, and it's, and it's a satisfying thing, especially when you're talking about an artistic project to be the one really uh, steering the creative process. Um, there's a band, I think that, that Casey and I really admire a lot and they're, they're called Iron Sheik and they're from New York and mm -hmm. uh, they put out three or four, what I consider to be some of the most outstanding punk rock records released in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, and up until their most recent one had done a hundred percent of everything by themselves, right down to designing their own merch and pressing it themselves. So, um, and, and even when they started to get help, it was just a distribution deal that they got to help, um, you know, people buy, buy their music, like in physical formats. So, mm -hmm. um, we, I, I really looked at them as sort of an inspiration to say, love what these guys do, love how they did it. That's to me, that's the model. And if a label comes along and wants to work with us, great. Um, it's got to be on our terms. That would be that would be my sort of general opinion on it. No, I think I think there's lots of different ways that an artist can be successful. Uh, traditional label, I disagree with, but that's for another show. I, I think you guys are doing really good uh, on your own. So, where's the best place to hang out and find John's social media? Our Instagram is probably the, the best. We're Kingfisher Rocks, Kingfisher underscore rocks. Get us on that. That one gets populated, you know, well, once a day, usually we're putting something up there. Yeah. You know, we're cool. on the traditional Facebook too, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You and Google Kingfisher Punk Band, Kingfisher Ottawa Band, and you'll be able to find us. We're everywhere. So. Yeah. And you have your music on Bandcamp. Yep. Officialkingfisher.bandcamp.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I loved getting to know you guys better. I look forward to seeing more about you and hearing your music. Thanks for awesome. Thanks, awesome. Jake. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning into the show. Sponsored by The Buzzer Media. Thank you to the artists who share their music. Our shows wouldn't happen without their music. Subscribe at thebuzzerpod.com. Fans and artists can submit their request to Shay at thebuzzroll.com. Until next time, cheers.